No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where God tells Jeremiah to stop praying for the people. Because of their shameless idolatry, God will turn the place of their altars into a valley of slaughter. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Jeremiah chapter 7 on Simply the Bible. It had been perhaps 12 years since the great revival of King Josiah. Josiah had succeeded in removing the idols from the high places, but he could not remove them from the hearts of the people. Therefore, the revival was short-lived and really only on the surface. The people had persisted in their disobedience and idolatry beyond the point of no return. God had determined to bring judgment upon Judah as he had done to the northern kingdom of Israel, and there was no turning back. We continue today in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 16. Therefore, do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. It is dreadful to consider that people can continue in sin to the point that God will no longer accept a prayer on their behalf. I have experienced this once in my life many years ago. I was working as a recording engineer for a Christian record label, and there was a man who had been very resistant to what we were doing. I had been praying for him, but he was not repenting. And one day God just said, don't pray for him anymore. And it was a week later that he died of a drug overdose. I never forgot that. So it can happen. The Lord said in Genesis 6, 3, my spirit shall not strive with man forever for he is indeed flesh. Now, the mere fact that God would strive with man at all is amazing because he owes us nothing. Why would he even bother with us when we ignore him? And yet he does strive with man because of his great love. But there are limits. Therefore, if we would hear him speak to us today, then we should respond to him, lest we harden our hearts as they did in Jeremiah's day. Do you not see what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood, the fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven, and they pour out drink offerings to other gods, that they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger, says the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to the shame of their own faces? It is wonderful when families can do things together. Cindy and I love spending time with our children, their spouses, and our grandchildren. It's a family affair. But when the entire family is involved in idolatry, it's a tragedy. God told Jeremiah to open his eyes and look around to see what the people were doing. The children were gathering wood, the fathers kindling a fire, and the women kneading dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. They poured out drink offerings to other gods to provoke the Lord to anger. Now, who was this queen of heaven? It's difficult to pin down because there were so many goddesses among the foreign nations with similar names and roles. But it seems probable that this referred to Ishtar, the Babylonian goddess of love and fertility. Archaeologists have discovered many images of nude goddesses from Israelite sites confirming 
this prophetic rebuke. The worship of this goddess was very sensual and seductive. It involved temple prostitution as a means of raising funds for her shrines. It is easy to connect the dots with the sexual promiscuity of our own culture. Pornography, both among men and women, is rampant. It has a stranglehold on people of all ages and lifestyles. It is more accessible and acceptable now than ever before. One reason is the false message that viewing it is a harmless alternative for the sexually frustrated. But casual porn viewers usually become addicted. Jesus said that whoever sins is a slave of sin. The people were provoking God to anger with their idolatry, but they should have been provoking themselves to shame and sorrow. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, my anger and my fury will be poured out on this place, on man and on beast, on the trees of the field and on the fruit of the ground, and it will burn and not be quenched. God would pour out his anger and fury upon Jerusalem, not only upon man, but also upon the animals, trees, and crops. The burning of his wrath would not be quenched until the land was desolate. You see, when man sins, all of nature suffers because God gave dominion of the earth to man. When God finally unleashes his wrath, he makes no apology for it. Verse 21, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices and eat meat. For I did not speak to your fathers or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. When God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt to Mount Sinai, he did not initially give them laws concerning sacrifices. Rather, he entered into a marriage covenant with them. If they would obey his voice and keep his covenant, then they would be a special treasure to him above all people. They would be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And the people all responded, saying, All that the Lord has spoken we will do. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts and went backward and not forward. Since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have even sent to you all my servants, the prophets daily, rising up early and sending them. Yet they did not obey me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Within the first 40 days of making their vows to the Lord, while Moses was still on top of the mountain receiving the law, the children of Israel broke most, if not all, of the Ten Commandments when they made the golden calf. And after this, through the time of the judges, while there were periods of repentance and revival, their overall history had been one of disobedience, rebellion, and defeat. God sent his servants, the prophets, to warn them and draw them back but they would not listen and instead persecuted and killed the prophets. They offered burnt offerings and sacrifices, but they did not obey God. Their priorities were reversed. 
As Samuel told King Saul, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Verse 27. Therefore, you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not obey you. You shall also call to them, but they will not answer you. God told Jeremiah to speak these words to the people, but he had the dreaded job of preaching to those who would not listen. How many of us would have been faithful in a ministry like that, where there were no converts? Jeremiah preached, but nobody listened. They despised the word of the Lord and nearly killed Jeremiah in the process. So you shall say to them, This is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God, nor receive correction. Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. What a tragic indictment. They had trusted in so many lies that now they didn't even know what the truth was. Cut off your hair and cast it away and take up a lamentation on the desolate heights, for the Lord has rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. God told Jeremiah to lament for the dead nation because they would not repent and would soon be cast off. For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, says the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house, which is called by my name, to pollute it. They had defiled the house of the Lord with pagan altars and their hypocritical worship. And they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it come into my heart. On the south side of Mount Zion in Jerusalem was the valley of the son of Hinnom. It was the place called Tophet an Aramaic word meaning fireplace. Here, the people sacrificed their children to their idols by throwing them into the fire. King Josiah had defiled Tophet and turned it into a garbage dump. But after his death, the gruesome pagan rituals were reinstated. Their idolatry and sexual immorality had led to many unwanted pregnancies and to this complete disregard of human life. As they worshipped at the altar of sexual idolatry, they brazenly sacrificed their own children. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when it will no more be called Tophet or the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. For they will bury in Tophet until there is no room. The corpses of this people will be food for the birds of the heaven and for the beasts of the earth, and no one will frighten them away. God would turn Tophet into a valley of slaughter. The Babylonians would bury the corpses of the Jews until there was no room left to bury any more, and still more bodies would be heaped up so that the birds and beasts would devour them. A terrible judgment against the Jews who considered their burial places to be sacred. Incidentally, the Greek word Gehenna, meaning hell, comes from the Hebrew Gehinnom, which is the Valley of Hinnom. Warren Wervesby writes, Hell 
is a garbage dump where Christ-rejecting sinners will suffer forever with the devil and his angels. Tophet, the fireplace, would become symbolic of the eternal fires of Gehenna. Then I will cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. Ultimately, God would cause all celebration and gladness to cease in Jerusalem as he would make the land desolate. How tragic for those who were called to be God's special treasure, his covenant people. Sin and its necessary judgment is a disturbing reality for sure. But equally disturbing is when people stubbornly persist in their sin against God and against his commandments. Like the Jews of Jeremiah's day, we may think that judgment will never come, but that is the deceitfulness of sin. Since we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, our only hope is in the way of the gospel. At the cross of Calvary, God's dreadful judgment against sin met with his mercy toward sinners. May we all find refuge by coming to the cross, humbling ourselves and confessing and renouncing our sins so that we may find mercy, forgiveness, and everlasting life. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and please leave us a review. Tomorrow we will see that the Lord will judge Judah, yet they do not know him. They are unashamed of their abominations. Therefore, Jeremiah grieves for the hurt of his people. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Jeremiah on Simply the Bible.